to another Bible study here at One Love Live where we come together to read, study and the Word of God so that we can grow in the faith and we can live truly godly lives. Um, I want to welcome you to the Bible study. I also want to encourage you to get your Bible. We're going to go into a study that I think it's really go- might change your view on some uh, important aspects of your own life and the way that you interact with other believers. Um, So I think this is really important for us. I think it's a discussion that's long overdue that we really need to have as believers um, that's really going to help us to grow stronger, to grow closer together, to understand the uh, mandate that's upon us in these times, and more importantly, the mandate that's upon us in terms of how we relate to our brothers and sisters in Christ. So let's go ahead and get into the study. I want to encourage you to go to 1 Corinthians right now. This is going to be our anchor text and we'll go from there so go ahead and grab your bible um we're going to go to first corinthians chapter 3 verse 9 and so i will start reading from there for we are laborers together with god you are god's husbandry you are god's building every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And I, brothers, could not speak to you as spiritual, but as to carnal, even as to babes in Christ. So um, I think this is a really uh, interesting verse. You know, we have Paul talking to uh, the Corinthian church in this letter, you know, and he's really having this really deep conversation uh, to other believers about growing in the faith and really kind of how they're relating with other believers. I think really that's a conversation that he's having here because he's talking about, you know, wanting to feed the meat, but they're not being ready because they you know, still require milk. He's also talking about how that um, we as believers are laborers. He's telling us that our position as a believer is not just to have faith, that God will come through for us, not just to believe, you know, that uh, the Lord is good and to sing his praises and his worship, but he's telling us that we actually have a profession. There's actually something that we've got to do in the earth that goes beyond us, that goes beyond our family uh, and the things that we're trying to accomplish. And that he's telling us is that we are laborers with God. That's pretty powerful to say that we are laborers with God. He's not speaking of, you know, a special group of believers or a certain segment of believers. He's talking blanket across the board. All believers, he's saying, are laborers together with God. That's pretty powerful. He's also making a statement that we're also God's husbandry and we're his building. So it means not only are we laborers with God, but we are also um, part of his work. We're his work. He's building something. And when it says we're his husbandry, just think of it as like, you know, a garden. You know, the word husband is really a tender of, you know, um, I would say plants and things like that, what we would know as a gardener or horticulturist. So if you have a big garden, 
um, if you were going to make an example, then God would be the gardener and we would be like the vegetables and plants and flowers in that garden. So we are his husbandry. So these are some pretty fiery statements that Paul is making already that, I mean, at first read, it seems kind of like, oh, yeah, sure, we're laborers with God. Yeah, you know, we're God's husbandry. Yeah, we're his building. But when you really think about the context of it, it's really putting the believer in a very powerful position that a lot of times I don't think we as the rank and file believer realize that we're in. We don't realize that we're laborers with God. We don't realize that we are God's husbandry and that we're his building. And so a lot of times we forget that. And also, you know, it says that, you know, he would speak to, this is what Paul says. He says, I, I brothers could not speak to you as spiritual, but as to carnal. And remember, we saw that again when we were reading the scripture, when we did the study on um, spiritual contagion, where it talks about, Paul talks about having those who are spiritual to try to restore brothers and sisters that have fallen away from the faith, or maybe if they haven't fallen away from the faith, maybe they've fallen into a particular kind of sin and they need help, you know, and this is once again, you know, that conversation of believers working together, you know, the work that we do with each other, among each other, and also outward toward, um, you know, the greater society or the world. So once again, you know, he's talking about this idea of you who are spiritual, and then there's this idea of carnal. So the epistles are showing us that there are two kinds of believers. And this is really very important to remember. There are carnal believers and there are spiritual believers. And another way of saying that could even be saying there is a baby you know, believer and also a mature believer. A baby would be uh, someone who was immature, who was young in the faith, and a mature believer would be someone who was more mature. And um, I think there's a really important point he makes too. Uh, you can read this in First Corinthians chapter three, verse six. He says, "I have planted." and Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So once again, he's showing us what he said in the first verse of this chapter about us being laborers with God. It shows that there's work that we do, but there's also God that is giving the increase. That's why we are his husbandry, and that's why we are his building. So even though there are people who are also doing the work, God is the one who has to give the increase and therefore that makes us his husbandry and his building because he is the one that increases it. So Paul sowed the word. In this context, we can look at, you know, this idea of planting and watering. And Paul specifically says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So Paul sowed the word. The word is the seed. So we're looking at this as a garden. As you guys know, the Bible is full of examples of gardening and farming and so much of this because uh, they lived in an agrarian society, but also the kingdom of God works like you know, um, sort of like a farm or, you know, in an agricultural way. So it's a good way to help us to understand the kingdom of heaven and what's going on. And the Bible says that the heavens are telling of the glory of the Lord, that you can see God in all of his creation. So the creation speaks to us as well in the way that things happen, in the way that, you know, the plants grow and seeds, uh, you know, seed time and harvest. The Bible is teaching us through all of his creation. So when you look and see that Paul sowed the word and Apollos watered it, 
it's telling us that sowing is the preaching or teaching and the watering is the ministering or pastoring or shepherding and I think we've lost the meaning of pastoring these days because it is a very labor intensive job look pastoring is a laboring labor intensive job and I think that sometimes the context is lost because it's you know um I want you to you know sort of look up the word pastor or the look up the word uh, shepherd um you know the pastor really is the guy that tends sheep let's really think of him let's not think of the guy who's you know in the building you know uh preaching a sermon and then shaking hands after the service i want you to think about the guy that tends sheep as a pastor okay you know that's a tough job not only are you protecting the flock you're also monitoring their health and growth and a pastor is actually a shepherd the definition of a shepherd is one who tends and rears sheep. The job is to tend, which means to care for, look after, and give one's attention to. These are huge responsibilities. And to also rear, that means to raise, as in raising children, or to help grow to maturity. And we see similarities in the text about babes needing milk, you know, not being mature enough for meat. Believers must be raised. I think that's something we forget. You know, yes, you know, you can be a believer on your own, but you also sometimes need, you know, someone to push you along, another stronger believer that can help. I can honestly say throughout my whole entire life, if it wasn't for the strong believers that are in my life, I don't know that I have could have gotten to the level of maturity that I actually you know, have been able to get to. And of course, you know, God gave the increase. So believers must be raised. I want you to imagine right now a teenager who still needs his parents to spoon feed him, bathe him or coo and gaga to him because he can't communicate. You know, when we're not giving the word to believers um, and giving them the strong truth of the word and really helping them to grow in the word in terms of living it and having a life that is pleasing to God, when we do that, you know, we see that the believer is kind of like the teenager, you know, it's like that teenager who still needs soft food and still needs spoon feeding. And, and so whenever we see a teenager that still needs soft food, who still needs to be spoon fed or can't articulate his thoughts and feelings, we automatically assume that he or she is disabled. And I think sometimes that's happening because we as believers, we, need to dip, we have to relate to each other um, in such a ways that we're helping each other grow. You know, we're, we're supposed to be helping each other grow. We, we're not just people that just sit back, take in a message and just say, well, that was good. I can go home and, you know, go have a chicken dinner. I think there's a real need for believers um, to really be sharing. The Bible says we overcome by the word of our testimony. And I think the art of pastoring has been lost or forgotten um, because to be an effective pastor, you need to be mature and you need to be spiritual. The Bible is specifically saying that you have to be very acquainted with the sheep. You have to be very acquainted with the sheep. And I also think more people are called to be pastors than we actually think. Because in reality, due to the level of intensity of the job, you can only pastor up to 12 people max. I can't imagine pastor, you could pastor like 30 people. I don't think that's possible. Even Jesus only had 12 disciples. And that's one reason why I say 12. Honestly, if it were me, I'd say probably nine or three. But because Jesus was able to do 12, I'm going to say, yeah, maybe you can do 12. 
but it's a very intensive work. You know, some churches call it discipleship, but it's actually pastoring and it's a very serious job that all believers are tasked with. Um, and I won't say all believers are tasked with, I'll say some believers are tasked with. And if people aren't grown up in the faith, you know, and, you know, and learning from the faith, really getting that pure, unadulterated word of God, then we're going to mi be missing pastors preachers and teachers and apostles and all of this because they're not yet spiritual. You have to be pretty spiritual to pastor someone. I think we forget that or to disciple someone as we like to call it today. Um, it's You need a lot of maturity. If you look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, the Bible says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So there's this whole group of people who have titles, who are specific, who do this work. And I think that um, this idea that, you know, only certain people who get a degree or go to some sort of thing as a pastor, it really limits the amount of pastors that really are necessary. What you really need in terms of a pastor or a shepherd is someone who is strong in the faith. And you can't get strong in the faith if you're not really reading your Bible and hearing the unadulterated word of God and getting strong in that. I mean, I personally feel like the brick and mortar church suffers violence because there is not enough spiritual pastors those who will be watching their tiny 12-man flock, praying, visiting, teaching, exhorting, and warning, and helping people to grow in the unadulterated Word of God. When we don't teach the pure, and sometimes, if we're honest, unpopular Word of God, we deprive people of growth and watering. When we don't confront, exhort, and protect them from evil men, then evil men creep in and begin to snatch the flock into so many things, so many things, to lying, gossip, alternative lifestyles, adultery. You know, even Paul talked about a certain church that um, thought they were really liberal or seeker-friendly or non-threatening, as we like to call it today, but the entire church had fallen to debauchery. The truth is, believers have work to do. We don't have the time to, you know, sort of sit down. And some of these conventions that we've made about getting certificates to become a pastor, I believe it's a gifting from the Lord. And the Bible specifically says that, you know, when we look in Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11 to 12, and if you get a chance, read Ephesians chapter 4 from 11 to, I think, like 19. That's like powerful, like, I mean, 11 to 14. That's like a powerful stretch of scriptures that's really talking about the work of building believers. And I think that it is the work of building believers that makes it possible for us to have pastors. And I think it's a real calling and it's different from being a preacher and it's different from being a teacher. Being a pastor requires having care and oversight and giving your attention to the growth and the health and and the life of people that's a hard job if you've ever discipled anyone if you've ever helped anyone if you've grown with someone help someone to grow in the faith that's a hard labor of love it's a hard labor pastoring is no joke and you can't pastor a thousand people you can't pastor 30 people you can pastor 12 so i feel like a lot of people actually have this ability a lot of believers they may not know it, 
you know, maybe you're that believer that just be, I, I just think I'll check in on Jim, or I think I'll check in on Susan and see how she's doing. Hey, how's everything going? That is a person who has been a natural gift for it that, you know, the Lord is building up. Someone who's sort of grounded in the word and wants to see people grow and be better. And I think it's really important that, you know, we get that, that unadulterated word of God so that we can have these spiritual Christians who are not only able to pull people out of spiritual contagion and and really help people in their walk in, in Christ, but they're also able to help people to grow in their walk. They're able to sit with people, to pray with people. And, you know, incidentally, um, this is really curious. I was studying up on shepherds one time, and um, I remember years ago, years ago I did this, um, I was doing a step study and I watched a video, you know, it was like a short documentary on shepherding. And they talked about how there's this disease that sheep get in their eyes and how you had to notice it early on. And then you had to isolate that one sheep from the herd. And, you know, then you had to treat that sheep. And there were just so many things that a shepherd had to do. It just blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, I hope I can never, you know, get a flock of sheep. But it just seemed overwhelming to me. So that tells me you can't notice, you know, something like that when you have so many people. You can't notice something like that if you're not spending consistent time with people to notice the changes in their life and the things that are happening or that may be happening with them. It's not that you're a bad person. You just can't do it. You're human. So I think that's really important to understand is that, you know, a shepherd has to be able to notice those small things, those small changes, and be concerned and caring enough to pick up the phone and call that person, see them, their, their countenance has changed, their, something is different about them, and say, hey, you know, how's everything going with you? Remind them of, they have to be grounded enough in the word of God to remind them of the words that they, the word of God and say, hey, you know, the Lord said this to encourage them when they feel like they want to fall away. I think this is a huge piece that's going to be really necessary in the Bible going, I'm sorry, not in the Bible, in the church. And I'm talking about the spiritual church going forward because we see so many things coming on the earth and people to be spiritually strong and guided so I think there's an imperative here for us to think about really getting into the word and getting strong in it and also to embrace if you find that something in your calling being a pastor or a shepherd and really understanding what that means in terms of you know securing the body of Christ and talking to believers and you know really helping them grow so I hope this study has helped you God bless solutions to our everyday problems in our lives and I wanted to come here to give you an opportunity if you are an advertiser and you would like to um, tell the world about your product or service you can get a 60 second or 30 second slot at this broadcast now guys as you know this is a religious broadcast so I cannot do advertisements or sponsorships that do not fit within the context of a believer's life. So if you have 
have resources or uh, services or products that you think would be edifying to the body of Christ, even if you also have a podcast and you'd like to advertise that here, I would be happy to share that with listeners. You can reach out to me, check out the link in the description, and you can also contact me um, at the link below. There's a little contact section and you can leave me a message. So thanks so much. Don't forget to follow me on social media. And I I am at twitter.com forward slash one love live. That's O-E-E-L-U-V-L-I-V-E. Thanks so much. God bless and I look forward to hearing from you. Bye. Thank you.